If you've ever gotten an email, a phone call, any kind of communication from a company that is trying to get you qualified for the employee retention tax credit, or if you took the credit and have gotten a refund, you're definitely going to want to listen to this episode. I'm going to talk about some interesting new developments and some things that you need to be aware of for you and your business. So listen up. Hey friend, welcome to the Small Business Finance Podcast. Do you want confidence and clarity with your business finances? Do you find yourself up late at night searching for tax deductions, how to track your business finances, or QuickBooks tips? Do you wake up with big ambitious goals? Do you end up feeling confused and frustrated because accounting and tax is really boring? Hi, I'm Tiffany. I've heard this so many times from my clients who used to feel this way. They felt overwhelmed about what to do with their numbers and wish they could stop the financial madness. They wanted clarity and the ability to grasp the financial basics to know through cool when they had a question and to stop worrying about owing money to the IRS. But they thought they weren't good with numbers and the overwhelm put them stuck without any solid financial plan until they realized that business systems are the ticket to gaining financial confidence. In this podcast, you will learn step-by-step systems, easy to understand financial tips, and mindset transformation so that you will gain financial confidence as an entrepreneur. So dust off your spreadsheet, warm up your coffee, and let's get going. During COVID, the spring of 2020, some new legislation came out for the employee retention credit. It was on the heels of the PPP, the, um, and it was intended to give an additional credit beyond the PPP loans. The PPP loans were not required to be paid back, and neither is the employee retention credit. There were a few things that you had to be aware of with the employee retention credit. You couldn't use the same salaries, the same wages that you originally used to get the PPP loan, and there were some other things as well. And, you know, I helped quite a few of my own clients get the employee retention credit. I've had clients come in since then that I've been able to help as well. And I've seen an interesting development with the employee retention credit where there are just a lot of really slimy and skeevy, underhanded companies that are trying to get anyone and everyone approved for the employee retention credit, even when they clearly don't qualify. So honestly, within my own practice, I've had clients that have come to me and have asked, Hey, do I qualify for this? I've let them know, no, they don't. Because I understand the facts and circumstances of their situation. We, you know, had a conversation. I asked specific things to make sure if they qualified. And then another company comes in and says, Oh no, you definitely do. Look, I get it. I am definitely very much understanding that not all CPAs are in agreement for even some of the the tax savings and reductions and strategies that I recommend. For example, the home, the business use of the home. There are lots of CPAs who get really rooted out by that. And for whatever reason, they think it's a red flag. And so I understand that there are plenty of companies out there that probably put this out there where they say, hey, you know, your CPA just doesn't understand. Well, interestingly enough, Last week, on September the 14th, so last Thursday, the IRS actually put out an interesting statement regarding the employer retention credit that really confirms a lot of what I've been feeling for a while now, that a lot of these companies are far-reaching. They are indicating that companies qualify for the employer retention credit, and they just don't. And I have been concerned for some time that the IRS was really going to crack down and begin auditing 
And there was going to be some backlash on this. And it looks like they are marching towards that. So on the 14th of September, they issued a press release where they're actually going to stop processing all employer retention credit claims until at least the end of 2023. I want to interrupt this episode real quick to let you know that I am releasing a brand new course to help you reduce your taxes. It is the Tax Savings Institute. I am amped about it. You're going to be too as soon as you see what I'm releasing on October 1st. If you are interested in optimizing your taxes as a small business owner, you're definitely going to want to get on this waiting list to get the best pricing, some amazing bonuses, and best of all, to start taking control of your finances and your taxes and get those reduced. There is no time like the present as we are getting close to the end of the year. You definitely want to get a jump start on this before the end of the year and before we start 2024 because now is the time to reduce your taxes. So go to the link in the show notes, click that link, get on the waiting list. You're definitely going to want to get these amazing bonuses and prices that I'm going to be doing as we release October 1st because those prices are going to go up. So go to the link, get on the waiting list and start taking control of your taxes and finances now. In other words, for at least three and a half months, they are processing no additional employer retention claims. If, if they have not already gotten your amended return, they're not going to process it for a while. And it really appears to be because they're seeing the same thing that I've been worried about for a while, where all of these, I guess, employer retention credit farms, these companies that kind of popped out of the woodworks to take advantage of this claim and make a lot of money because a lot of these employer retention credit companies, they take a percentage of your savings. There's nothing wrong with that. There's plenty of different tax saving strategies that that happens with like uh, the R&D credit is another one where uh, companies will get their R&D credit for you and they'll take a percentage of that savings. Sales tax audits and savings is another one that I've seen. There are some when it comes to I mean, years ago when I was in corporate, there was, I remember a company that, and I, I guess I was, I was really new in corporate at this point. I had no idea companies did this, but they reached out to me and said, Hey, we think you qualify for, it was like a utility credit of some description or, or something where there was a, a big savings and they were able to show the savings. And so we did it. So it wasn't, I don't think it was really a tax credit, but they got a percentage of whatever savings that we actually achieved. So this is not a new concept by any stretch. But it sure puts a bad light on some of these companies when, you know, they're pushing to get you potentially in your small business, these credits back when you don't really qualify simply because they're able to get a fee um, associated with the uh, amount, the amount that you get back, the refund that you get back. And, you know, clearly I am all about reducing taxes. I'm all about getting credits. I'm all about getting money that is rightfully yours. I want to be really clear on that. If it is yours, get it. You know, if you're supposed to be taking the home, uh, the business use of the home deduction, or if you're supposed to, you know, take some other deduction or expense or credit, yes. If it's yours and if you follow the guidelines of the IRS and you are within the parameters that they outlay, absolutely. If you aren't, then don't. I mean, I'm not here to advocate going outside of the scope of the law. 
by any stretch of the imagination. But unfortunately, a lot of companies have done that. And unfortunately, a lot of taxpayers have fallen victim to, frankly, just not knowing. You know, you don't know any better a lot of times until you're going with the guidance of someone else that says that they know what they're talking about. And then, you know, if you're not careful, you end up taking advice from someone that just really didn't know what they were talking about. And I can empathize with that. Because, you know, as a taxpayer, as a small business owner, you need people around you to help you move in the right direction to reduce your taxes, to make sure taxes are presented fairly to the IRS, to make sure that your accounting and bookkeeping is done properly, to make sure that your cash flow and your budget and your all the things, right? Like most likely that is not your area of expertise. Hence the reason why you're on this podcast and you're trying to learn. So I can empathize with that. So the good news with that, though, is that it looks like the IRS is actually going to potentially provide payment relief or some sort of a settlement program if an improper employer retention claim has been processed uh, and the business basically was found to be a victim to an aggressive promoter, an aggressive company that was pushing to get you these refunds. So the good news is, is the IRS recognizes that these companies are doing that. And they are looking to protect you, the taxpayer. So I'm giving you all this information. I don't want to worry you, right? If you fell victim to a company that claimed that you qualified and it turns out that maybe you didn't um, because the IRS is trying to take steps, it appears, to make sure that you're protected in those situations. What should you be aware of? Well, what I see, there are actually three three ways that you qualify for the employer retention credit. The simplest, easiest, most clear black and white way to qualify was a reduction in revenue. And it varied between which year you got the credit. So um, initially it was like a 50% reduction. And then as they started looking at 2021 compared to 2019, then um, the reduction went down 20%. For revenue. So that was the most clear cut way. So if you qualified when it came to the revenue reduction, then awesome. Now you had to make sure that you didn't double dip with the wages. I already mentioned that you couldn't choose the same wages for PPP and employer retention credit. So that was something to note. So whoever helped you with this, make sure that they did take that into consideration as well. Now the other two ways to qualify, one was if you had a supply chain interruption, That is where I'm seeing most of these employer retention credit companies coming in and qualifying other companies. They're saying, oh, well, if you couldn't get the supplies that you needed to run your business, then you qualify. And it sounds really good. The issue is that when you really look at the rules within the IRS, if you could get those supplies anywhere else, maybe the vendor that you always use, you used them for five gazillion years um, and you can get them anymore from that vendor, but you can get it from somewhere else, then you didn't qualify for a supply chain interruption, even if the cost of your product was significantly more. That was not within the parameters of what they, the rules were established for. That is the one that you have to be careful of. So in my experience and what I have seen firsthand is that is the rule that appears to be bent. (laughs) I'm not going to say broken, but maybe broken in some circumstances, but for sure it's being bent where um, these companies are coming in and saying, oh, well, you qualify based on the supply chain interruption. So if that is you and you're listening to this 
and you've had one of these companies come to you, call you, email you, send you a letter in the mail. I've seen it all because they're sending them to me as well. So I know you're getting them also. And they say, oh, you qualify based on supply chain interruption. You didn't qualify for a revenue reduction. No problem. We'll get you qualified a different way. And they qualify you based on supply chain interruption. And you could have gotten these supplies, these parts, these whatevers from another vendor. Or yeah, it costs you a lot more money, but they're telling you, well, you qualify. It it interrupted your business. I would strongly caution you on the fact that it's possible you didn't actually qualify. Um, The last one was a government mandate. So you had a government entity, local, typically government that said you had to shut down. Um, And that is more clear cut. There were definitely, especially in California and some of the, the bigger cities, New York, where the government said you can't operate the business. Now, that's also not as clear cut because there's some different rules in there. And so I don't see people trying to qualify in that regard as much. Um, A lot of those shutdowns were temporary. And if you could still run your business, just using a different method, restaurants as an example, where they didn't have dining indoor, but they could do like takeout or drive through, there were different rules to look at there. And I'm not going to get into all of that in this episode because that's really not the intention behind this podcast episode. It's more to give you kind of the breaking news and make you aware of something that's happening in the tax world that unfortunately, I think a lot of taxpayers are going to have an issue with uh, through no fault of their own. Now, um, the other thing that I want you to be aware of with this particular issue is like if you have an outstanding claim um, that you're waiting to be processed, what do you do? especially if you don't know if you really qualify or not. What are the steps? What happens? What's next? I know that's probably what you're worried about at this point. Well, if you haven't filed a claim yet, you want to make sure that you consider reviewing the guidelines. Um, And then I would recommend waiting to file. Wait to see what the IRS says about next steps. They're not going to file the claim between now and the end of the year anyway. So it's not going to hurt to wait because they're going to be issuing more information. So you haven't submitted a claim and you feel like you do qualify. Number one, review the guidelines. Number two, just wait and see what the IRS says in the coming months. Hopefully we'll have something before the end of the year on what those next steps are going to be. The second thing I would say is withdraw an existing claim for a business that's already been filed. So if you review the rules, and you say, well, I actually did not qualify, then withdraw your claim and don't accept it from the IRS. That's going to be the safest route to take if you really recognize that you shouldn't have gotten this claim. And then the last thing that I would say, the third thing is, is to wait for the IRS Employer Attention Credit Settlement Program to be finalized. If you've already received a credit but now you recognize that you weren't eligible. So you maybe you were reached out to by one of these companies. They said you qualified. You actually didn't qualify. You followed their guidelines. You trusted that they were telling you the right thing. And you recognize now, oh no, I shouldn't have gotten this. I shouldn't have gotten this, this check. Then this is going to be a problem. Wait till that program, the settlement program comes out. So you can see what the specifics of that program is going to be. See how it's going to impact you, impact you and figure out what you need to do next. So um, with that said, I know this is a lot. Um, it's, it's definitely one of those things where when I saw this come out, I wasn't surprised. But I also empathize with many of you that I know are impacted by this. 
No one should be taken advantage of. No one should be guided to do something that is clearly illegal. And it's a problem. And so I know that the IRS is going to come down on these companies that have taken advantage of innocent taxpayers. It's not okay. And so I'll keep you posted. As I am um, reviewing information, I see things come out. I'll let you know what I hear, what I see. I would say don't stress if you um, were taken advantage of or if you got a credit that you don't think you should have gotten. Just take a deep breath. (laughs) It will be okay. It looks like the IRS is going to take care of you, hopefully, fingers crossed. Um, And just recognize that, um, you know, there is going to be more information uh, that is forthcoming. So, of course, I'll let you know as I hear more. So, with that said... Um, as always, I appreciate you so much. So thankful that you listen to my podcast. I do not take that lightly, um, because I recognize that there are plenty of other podcasts, plenty of other things that you could be doing, um, that you choose to listen to me. And I appreciate that way more than what you recognize. So if you have enjoyed this episode, please leave me a five-star review, um, and let me know what you're thinking, how you like it. Um, It really does help other people get the word of my podcast and other people get messages like this that frankly are super important um, about their tax and finances with the business. So leaving me a review helps not only me, it helps other business owners just like you that really are flailing about and needing guidance and assistance and help with their tax and uh, tax accounting finance with their business. And um, if you would also share with a fellow business friend, if you think that they might have been um, part of this victim of the employer attention credit, because they need to know as well. So we need to spread the word. So share this episode with your other fellow cohorts and peers in your business. And uh, thank you so much. I appreciate it. And we'll see you on the next episode.